Welcome to the Otherworld's GG Community Cast. This is episode number 21, and I am joined today by Melify and Alien Pickle. Uh, Jim, how you doing? What? Say that again? Oh yeah, we're old enough to drink. That's right, man. 21 episodes. Well, it's... Talked about, though. Yeah, I mean, we... What what have we talked about? It's only been you know it's only been a few months since we've started this um, this endeavor. Um, I'm pretty I'm pretty proud of where we're at. I mean we're still in the early days. Um, we haven't really been doing a lot of advertising and we haven't really been like like putting ourselves out there too much. Um, I mean you've been podcasting for a long time. I know you did the uh, you've you've done the the space podcast for a while. Like like what was it like? for you guys and you're like how long did it take you all to pick up like some kind of an audience was it a while or i honestly paid no attention to audience numbers because i just didn't want to drive myself that crazy we were just doing it for the fun of doing it and if if there was like 10 people that were listening to it it was worth doing right so i i know the discord over there's got like 2000 people in it so at at some point 2000 people have heard the thing I don't or at least I heard the name of or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we still, we still do some interactions over there from time to time too. So, I mean, we've, we've got our foot in the door over there as well. Um, but it's just, it's interesting kind of being in the early days of a new project. I've, I have never started my own podcast before until I, I started this one with, uh, Malified and you. Yeah. So, and, uh, good question on that, right. Um, the, uh, the numbers, mm-hmm. right as far as metrics um because we upload the episode to whatever podcatcher thing that you're using right Mm -hmm. that's how that's how involved i am in the production folks i don't even know (laughs) um (laughs) as opposed to the other one right you know where it's like it started out i was the producer and yeah i had to hand that off um but yeah so as far as metrics go now that we get to see numbers right do you see how many downloads there were for the show on that platform? How many actually watched it on YouTube? Because we put. Um, I see. I see the numbers on YouTube. So the thing with the YouTube stuff is, I'm I'm very passive on the YouTube thing right now. So like, it goes up on YouTube, but I don't do like any tagging. I don't do any hashtags. Like, I don't do any of that stuff right now. Now I might go right. back and retroactively add some of that stuff in to maybe get some like notices and stuff like that. It's very interesting because you don't. So that means it has to be like some kind of organic discovery where maybe people discover the show, then look for the YouTube. So right. they're not on YouTube and discover it there. So you have to come in looking for it or followed a link to it from right. something. So, so, yeah, so I'm wondering if there's any numbers at all on the YouTube there's there there are but they're very 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 low right now our, our youtube is kind of like our it's just a it's a place to put it you know like for example if people don't want spotify or whatever and they're like oh you have a podcast i'm like yeah and they're like well is it on youtube i can be like oh yeah here's the link you know um but we do have like we do have our um our link tree as an example that points to like where everything is so, like we have a steam group we do some Steam curation over there, which I still actually need to get you on there. So if you ever want to like write up some reviews for games for the the Steam group, you can. Um, fans, you link link to your OnlyFans. Um, your your only cans. You like collecting cans. Um, right, only cans. That's a game, actually. Right. Know. Yeah. 
Um, and then, you know, so, so loosely, by the way, yeah, that's right. Loosely, but that's kind of where, so that's kind of where the, uh, the, the state is on, on YouTube. I do see our numbers are rather large on Podbean. So Podbean's are hosting for the podcast. And then from there, it blasts out the RSS feed to iTunes, Apple, uh, that's the same thing. Uh, it blasts out to iTunes, Google, Spotify, the interesting so the interesting thing is is we've got zero metrics for Google so no one's finding us over on Google and listening to us. Um people are listening to us on Spotify but the numbers are pretty low still over there. Um and we've the, got the Podbean is like a central clearinghouse for numbers it'll tell you which service actually pulled. Well, sort of because I've told it to to link to those services to get pulled. So essentially but if, if if iTunes pulls for a listener, it's going to pull it from Podbean. So Podbean can say, I delivered one episode to iTunes. I delivered two episodes to... Well, no, I think it, what it does is it delivers an episode. And then then once it's been delivered, then people can get it from that resource. So, like, I don't think, I don't think so it's... It's not, it's not like a central place that I can look at the numbers of all platforms that somebody could have listened to it on. Right. I don't think it's doing that. Unfortunately. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, my old show, it used to be, I did it, you know, th this was in the days of like, I am putting the show in, in my own disc up on Amazon. Right. And then I have an RSS feed that I hand the RSS feed to iTunes. And then I can look at hits of my RSS feed and what URL they came from. And then I could tell what agent was actually directing people to the file. So right. I figured Podbean it was acting like that, and it was just giving you an RSS. They might, but I guess not. Mechanics. No, but but I do see we do get way more downloads from uh, Podbean. Uh, weirdly enough, I, I do see a lot of that like downloads directly, through that. Like I've, yeah, I've never met a person in my life that goes to Podbean to listen to podcasts. Well, it's interesting. So podcast communities, uh, podcast communities are quite interesting. So um, I know of one called, uh, what is it? Uh, Maximum Fun. And Maximum Fun even has like their own like conventions every year. So you can actually go to like the Maximum Fun convention and like go meet your favorite like podcaster. Um, uh and so like they have their own sub community essentially of like all these different podcasting like people. And so like, usually the advertisements between episodes of a show are like for other shows on that platform. And I think Podbean does a lot of stuff similar. So I've been getting emails recently about like, uh, you know, we're interested in like monetizing with you. And I was like, Oh, all right. Uh, so I might, I might like try and get in on some of the monetization through Podbean just to help pay for itself. Essentially the thing about not of monetization and success Right. Well, wow. the thing is, though, I'm not it's not that I want to do it to become successful. I want to do it so that it just pays for itself. That's, right. that's And not, that's and the not goal. only that, if it's cross promotional with other podcasts, that's great. Right. Like we might have unique listeners that some other show doesn't yet would the interest would be the same. Right. So you cross pollinate. Right. Right. Sure, so, absolutely. And I, and I feel like in the social space that we're in the business 
is decidedly antisocial <laughs> about the way that people act, right? You know, it's just like this is my Twitch channel. I'm not going to co-stream with anybody, you know. Like I'm, I'm right. And I there's some reasons for doing it. Like you don't want to get associated and then find out the person you got associated with is is a true piece of crap. So then your karma <laughs> pays. Well, and, and part of it, and part of it, part of it also boils down to like control. Some people just have control issues where they're just not ready to relinquish that to, to somebody else to, you know, be a part of, yeah. um, because they also, cause they also know it's just like, well, this is, you know, this is my thing. I started this and I, and I just want to try yeah. and maintain as much control as I can, but like, you can't always, you can't always assume it's just going to be that simple. Um, one of one of the things that I love about what we're doing here with Other Worlds GG is that, um, like Melify and I both have full keys to everything. So we we have shared resources where we keep things encrypted, but it's just like we have access to every single facet of what's going on with Other Worlds GG. Now I know, like we're talking, you know, I'm talking about him. The, for for clarity, Jim early on for those that are listening, he he wants to be as involved as like this. Um, it was one of those things where he wants to be on the show and hang out and and whatever. But as far I as any want, kind of, I want low effort fame. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for anyone who's wondering why he's asking me some of these questions, it's mainly because he's he's here to have fun and hang out with us, and we like having him on the show. Well, so, also um, in the, in the interests of like show transparency. I'm just curious as an audience member of other shows, like how are your stats, right? Like people never talk about it because, you know, like, I don't know, it's none of the audience's business or whatever, but it's also a thing of like, Hey, you know, if you like the show, you want it to succeed. And we're talking about our numbers here and you could help us promote the thing. And, you know, cause now you know what the numbers are like. So you know, like you'll see effect from being out there whoring our show. <laughs> yeah, sure. 100%. Um, yeah, I, I, I just I, I just believe in like, you know, involve the audience in your metrics a little bit because I'm I'm as an audience member curious about it. But maybe I am because I'm a podcaster and the average Joe don't care. But right. Whatever. I was right. doing a podcast. Hey, obviously. Hi. Um, I was doing a podcast previously for a gaming community. Um, the I'm still on their Discord. I need to go look and see how big it was because I actually don't remember. Um, there were a hundred people online and four hundred people offline in that Discord. And we did a podcast for a year and pretty much got to a hundred downloads per episode. We did mm. zero advertising, zero, you know, effort beyond the community. Oh, really? Because um, the space game thing, maybe because it was already an established website that had an audience. And then whenever people are already there and then you put up on the website, oh, by the way, podcast, then you grow audience fast or something. Because we were up to like thousands of, of, uh, listens views impressions i don't know what to even call it i'm so pro um but yeah we we got numbers fast but then i've also done things where i never got numbers at all so and hmm. you don't hear about those because i don't do them because they never got numbers 
Yeah, I yeah. think the difference there is the uh, a a community based around gaming with each other versus a topical community like hey space games or whatever. Um, it's a little different. Yeah, different tone, little different audience. Well, and it's also there. There's the other thing that that puts me in mind of, and they and they don't have one, right? But let's say uh, Fever Clan that I game with, or like say. Uh, some some wow guild right and it's a wow guild mm-hmm. that's got like a couple thousand members in it right huge then do they have like an in guild podcast that's just for them or whatever and hey if other people find this interesting then they can come too because it's kind of general whatever but it's people in our guild talking about our guild and what we're doing and it, but that's a thing that uh scott johnson right with the whole uh the instance podcast he was he i think still is a member of uh ali act est or whatever that guild um but it started out as just the guild podcast for the for the guild but now it's become like the world of warcraft podcast mm-hmm. so yeah i can totally believe yeah that. so it's so it's kind of like it started out as a uh a specific audience, but then became general audience because popularity. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I think, you know, uh, much like streaming, right? When we, we talk about someone wanting to become a streamer, what that means is putting a lot of time in maintaining a schedule and doing a, a uh, stream the same time every week, the same time every day, to build your audience because if you're not online you're not able to connect with people uh when you're starting out and so that's kind of what you have to do with a podcast it's kind of what you have to do with streaming it's kind of what you have to do with all these things is just keep showing up and eventually you'll find your people but if you stop then people assume it's dead and and you know yeah right well also, also like if i go and i discover a podcast and they're on like episode five that's a lot different than I go to and discover and they're on like episode 200. They've been at this for a while. I know that this is going to continue for a while. Right. So now, now I'm more apt to click on it because it's got higher episode numbers. Very much like I go to a Twitch stream. There's a thousand people watching somebody versus I go to a Twitch stream and there's two. Right. right. So I'm I'm more apt to think that the one that's already got the population is probably going to be interesting. Yeah. 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 So you you need money to make money. That's what I'm saying. Well, and I think there's certainly a level of professionalism. Um, like one of the things I know, people who stream from the consoles, right? You have built-in streaming on Xbox and PlayStation Four and Five and Xbox One and Series. Um, that built-in streaming doesn't give you overlays. It doesn't give you uh, chat reactions and things like that. Somebody subscribes, you're like, yeah, thanks. If if you don't, but if you don't have a phone open next to you, you don't even know that that happened on console because it's just more about getting the video out there, yeah. not the so, extra stuff, but people expect the extra stuff. Yeah, so a, a question about that, because you might know, uh, so if I'm if I hit that social button on like PlayStation or or the Xbox, right, and I'm then streaming to PlayStation or Xbox's streaming website where I would have to go to watch these people, right? So it's not like 
oh, I hit the social button and it fires up my Twitch stream and I'm actually going to that. But is there an integration option where I could? Or am I stuck like having to pass it through an Elgato into my PC to then send it up for OBS to do currently, it traditional? Currently, you're, you're, those are your two options. Either you do it through the app um, on the console and you get none of the bells and whistles, or you do it on the PC and you get you know whatever you're willing to sort of build uh, out. Okay, so that, the app on the console, is that like the built-in like Microsoft app? Or are you saying I can download a Twitch app to the console that then takes over that button? On it, 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 yes, but it's different. It depends which console. PS4, if you hit the share button, Twitch is one of the options built into the system. Oh, okay. That's cool. Um, I, I assume that the only thing on PS4 would be Sony's own thing because Sony... Well, Sony doesn't have their own thing. That's oh. why uh twitch is the thing <laughs> well how nice of be... them to put a button there for you i know well back in the day it was you stream twitch and something else i think now they've got twitch maybe youtube and facebook or maybe just youtube i don't know i i don't use the ps4 that much anymore um i haven't looked at it on ps5 honestly i know on xbox you because xbox had mixer we got kind of demoted at twitch to the sidelines Right. Um, and there were like APIs that only Mixer had access to that we didn't. Since they've shut down Mixer, obviously things have changed a little bit. Um, the current Xbox app is both a viewing app and a broadcasting app. And you basically just launch it, go into the broadcasting tab in the app and say, I want to stream. Right. And it gives you a little overlay in the corner that shows how long you've been streaming and how many people are watching, but it doesn't have chat integration. It doesn't have anything. It's very bare bones. Yeah. Which is kind of disappointing because it's, I would, I would think like just make the damn Twitch app as it exists on PC on your platform. And then we're the same, same everywhere. But really, if I'm on my Xbox, I'm, I want to play a game. I don't want to watch other people play games. I'm, but I, you know, well, like, but like I, I could be or something for that. I could be on my phone and watching you stream from your Xbox is the, right. You know, is the the intent. But um, unfortunately, you know, I think the consoles, it's there. Uh, I know a guy who I used to game with quite a bit when we would do uh, when we get together and play like Halo. He would stream it to Twitch, not because he expected anybody to watch it, but so he could go back and clip out the funny parts later from the VOD. Right. And then pass those clips around to the group of us to, you know, sort of giggle at each other being silly. Yeah. Well, and that's a that's an advantage. Um, and Discord does it even better, right? Because I can, since we're in voice chat and Discord, I can just start broadcasting my game. And if we're playing a four-player game, all four people can broadcast their game, and then I can have the the Twitch window or Discord window open, and it will show a, a two-by-two grid of everybody's game so that when we're playing in a multiplayer game, I don't have to ask, where are you, what are you doing? I just look over there, and I see your stream. So that, yes. that's great advantage in multiplayer like especially like Red Dead Online, GTA, stuff like that. It's like you never wonder what the other people are doing because it's there on your other screen. Right. Which you could do with a console and your phone, I guess. 
but less conveniently. But that's I, I'm just saying that's a victory of the Discord platform that I'm gaming with streaming. That's cool. Wish that uh, that uh, GG or Gilded rather had figured that out. Yeah, and that's yeah. And that's, well, and yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say with the thing with Gilded that's interesting, and you know, as we you know tried starting, that was that was the mistake that I think that we made was not only are we trying to start a new thing, but we're trying to get uh, like our new thing to be adopted by people <laughs> um with with gilded um gilded has a lot of really great things going on but i think at the end of the day because they're still working on building so many things it's just it's not there the there is not there yet for for what we want well let me let me give you let me draw a weird parallel maybe um the problem games had about three years after wow launched is they weren't competing against wow as it was at launch they were competing with wow plus three years of content so when a new game came out they can't spend you know wow took three years to develop they can't spend six years developing the game to get all the content so people would go try the new thing play through all of the content in a few months and then come back to wow and we saw this over and over and over again when I was at Blizzard, where every next game, every next MMO was going to be a WoW killer. And none of them were because everybody well, they, went back to WoW. They were the WoW killer for a month. and then Yes. Month. Yep. So it's kind of the same thing with Discord and Gilded, right? Gilded is competing not against Discord as it was five years ago, but Discord as it is today with all of the tech, all of the, the bells and whistles, all of the extra features, and Gilded's trying to catch up while also trying to build their audience and get adoption, which is hard when Discord is kind of good enough. I mean, I'm in a server on Discord. I hit the 100 server limit the other day on Discord, just to give you an idea I'm I'm of how many Discords I'm in. But... I, I lurk think we, in, I th in I many think we, of them. I think we need to have a conversation, Mollified. <laughs> yeah, there's, there needs to be an intervention. How much RAM does your Discord eat? Is it, uh, the more no channels kidding. you're in, the more... Does it consume more resources, look. more network bandwidth, um, or does it not bother to look in the channel until you actually go in the channel? and then it... I don't think... It definitely does not preload servers. Okay, so um, it's not like IRC where it's continuously pulling every server that i'm right. in for, yeah okay there are six processes running for discord um with uh, it's in kilobytes uh not that much ram um a million kilobytes is what a gigabyte mm, something like right. that yeah so i i mean i have I have 32 gigs of RAM on my gaming machine because, and I like to joke that, you know, I can I can use a machine on 16 gigs, but if I'm going to game on it, I need 16 gigs for all of the launchers. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's you like, know, just yeah, that, just 16. That's gigs. like haha, but not really because it's kind of real. But it is. Well, I was running out of RAM with with only 16 gigs. If I tried to run Discord and you know all my normal stuff and all my game launchers, <laughs> yeah, so. you don't, just, you don't, you don't, you don't. Game launchers. I prefer game launchers only exist when I'm actually launching a game or updating a game, and otherwise 
don't lay around in my system tray. Don't stay resident. Get the hell out. <clears throat> well, and what I what I would set to do that, but sometimes <clears throat> they still want to persist. What I would like yeah. to do though is I'd like to be able to launch a game that does just does like a check, like is is the is the Steam account for this Steam game like installed on here? Yes. Okay. We don't have to launch the whole launcher just to launch this game because like if you have a shortcut. For a game you have on Steam, like on your desktop, but Steam's not running, you launch that game, it's going to launch Steam first, and then it's going to launch the game, and you're just like, ah, Jesus, like, I have to launch all these processes just to run the game. Okay, so we we have not only uh, GOG Galaxy as a launcher of launchers, but now we also have Steam and the Xbox app as a launcher of launchers. You ready for this? Because you have to to launch uh, Mm -hmm. EA to play their game or right, you launch ready? Ubisoft's thing. Okay, you ready for it. this? Lay it on me. So I got God Galaxy, Epic Launcher, Steam, Uplay, uh, EA's Origin, EA's new launcher, their beta launcher, Battle.net, Itch.io, Bethesda, Rockstar has their own launcher, and then just to like name a few other like weird ones, I've got Bluestacks on here, right? And then that, and which is to to emulate and run Android stuff, right? And that doesn't even include all of like the one-off games that have their own independent little launchers for like their own little games, like Eve Online well, or you know any like MMO that I've got installed, like you know Star Citizen, Dual Universe, you know. Yeah, because all because all MMOs uh, have their own updater. Because, yep. Yeah. So. And and it's I I have one for World of Tanks the Wargaming.net updater, yeah. Yeah. um, which is really annoying because the other games that they make are on Steam, but World of Tanks is not. So World of Tanks you is have now. to have their. It is it now? Did yeah. they actually finally move mm-hmm. it? Okay, well maybe I can kill off that launcher then. But no, it just I also launches have. The launcher. yeah yeah um i have the the eso launcher running i have um yeah i mean it's it's just silly and i have the oh the arc is the other one i was gonna say oh no mellified a first star trek online um oh yeah the arc but i i it drives me absolutely crazy it drives me absolutely crazy when i go to play a game and it tells me it has a 30 gig update and I have to wait for that. So the well, point of having all these launchers running is to update them in the background. However, everybody after COVID was like trying to be good corporate citizens and now doesn't actually do the friggin' updates in the background anymore because they want you they don't want you sucking down all the bandwidth that somebody needs to do their job, I guess. What was it? Which game recently switched over to getting updated fully through Steam? Was it MechWarrior Online that you that'll just update through Steam now instead of like through their own little launcher? I don't I can't know. Re- I can't remember. I I believe it is one of them, yeah. They're, yeah, cuz there cuz there were some there were some games where I think I think that and I think the Old Republic now will actually mm. get its updates through Steam if you haven't launched the launcher in a while. Uh, I could be wrong on that though. Um, but I have noticed well, Steam that some doesn't of these want things... to update half the time anyway, right? Like I go in there and if I go into the downloads tab, I'll have stuff queued three weeks from now to update. Yeah. They, they should make a launcher that's, that's called Dr. Manhattan. And it's like, who launches the launcher? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, in it, some you know, cases, I, have Play Night. I was going to say there's play night and even God galaxy can do it, but 
The weird thing... All right, so this is harking back to that mysterious Lost episode, right? So, like, I actually have Play Night collect all of my games, and until I lost my hard drive, it was also pulling in all of my emulators and my ROMs and stuff like that. And then I had a plug-in that sent all of the stuff that was non-Steam into Steam as a shortcut, so I could use Steam to launch everything, whether it be an emulator, an Epic game, or whatever it is that I had installed... Play Night would take all of these things and then inject them into Steam for me, and so that way I could use Steam. Uh, I could use the Steam Link as another thing, so like I could, you know, I could um, stream it to my phone, or I could stream it to the Steam Link that I have up to the TV, or I could use the Steam Link app on my Nvidia Shield and stream it up to the TV. Um, same, same kind of thing. So it made that a lot easier. So like, but it's it's again, it's that launcher for the launchers to launch the launchers. Um, God, say that 12 times faster. Yeah, I heard you like launchers. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So, but I mean, it, and you know, for a while there, it was getting like compoundedly worse because like you said, there's also the Xbox stuff. If you have Game Pass, if you want to do the Windows things. But I mean, for a little while there, Discord was doing its own games. Twitch like had it like as an installer for games. Like, ooh, Lord, it, uh, yikes. And they're not, they're not good. Like a lot of these launchers are kind of crap. Um, it, it's really frustrating. Uh, don't call out EA specifically like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and EA struggled, I, I think, you know, to, to do a decent job. And it's just sort of baffling. Like, I, I don't know. I just don't understand well, it why comes it's so hard. Down to the, the whole thing. And, and we're back to the Epic lawsuit. This is all about who gets the percentage of my microtransactions. That's the only reason everybody needs their own frickin' launcher is because we want to keep this this percentage in our pocket instead of Gabe's pocket. Well, yeah. you've got companies like Paradox that actually did something useful with their launcher. Where you, We talked about this in, when we were talking about Stellaris. You could go back to any major version of the game through this the paradox launcher but not yeah and they've Steam. also put like a mod browser kind of thing in like mm -hmm. for the for the uh total war stuff like yes it, it will enumerate your mods and stuff which also stellaris kind of does although it doesn't let you look for the mods in there hey let's talk about a game that's hot on everybody's list farm simulator uh farm simulator has its Why? own built-in why is Mod that on everybody's launcher. list? When when did that become everybody's list? That's what I mean. <laughs> oh. That was the point. It, there's an esports gotcha. league for farm simulators. There so is. Just keep oh that in mind God. when you Are start you making serious? fun. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's big money too. Um, so just keep that in mind when you start making fun of Farm Simulator. Is it is more popular than your favorite game that doesn't have? So 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 get a load of this. Get a load of this. Get a load of this. I moved back to a very small town in Ohio. Now, when you talk about population densities, certain certain population levels qualify you to be known as either like a town. It's there's literally a definition by population. This is considered a, mm -hmm. a town of, a city of, uh, a metropolitan, a metroplex. Village. In Ohio, there's a ass ton of villages because the populations are that small. It's like sub fifteen hundred people or something like that, or even like a thousand people. It's it's low. Shout, shout out to Robertsville. Yeah. <laughs> so the small little town that I live in has a single school, 
that is K through 12, right? I think, like, one of the graduating classes back in the day was, like, 55 people of the senior year or whatever it was, right? Actually, one room schoolhouse. You know? So, yeah. so the point I'm trying to get to is, is that in this day and age, they even have an esports team now. I was shocked. That's that's pretty dope. I want to be on like the Amish esports league. I mean, <laughs> we're in a, we're in an area where kids are driving their tractors to prom. Like they got an esports team. I was just like, I don't like one of these and things. The is not like that, the other. <laughs> those are the kids that are super pro at farm simulator esports. <laughs> that's where I was getting at. I was like, are they the ones that are doing this? Driver. I mean, if you're this doing it, if you're if you're doing it as like part of your chores at home, I don't know if you want to play the game. Like, ah. well, it's like Joan, right? She's sitting over there playing Farm Simulator like a fiend, right? Because she's been playing a lot of it lately. These, I've noticed she's been playing a shitload of Farm Simulator for what? Because she's into like the the actual management aspect of it, where you have to actually like do the Run right the things farm. or you go broke yeah, yeah. so it, but i'm telling her i'm like you're sure driving a tractor a lot and yet i have that cool john deere out in the shed and you could get <laughs> on that because the grass is looking a bit shaggy and then i get the <laughs> fucking the stare yeah yeah well i'll tell you okay, i i need to tell you this story because you will you will laugh so hard jim um when I bought my first house in Texas, it was two acres of uh, former cornfield. So it was just flat and empty. They had ripped out all the trees. They had ripped out everything. It was just grass. And uh, the first thing I did, I literally went from signing the papers to buy the house to the tractor supply store to buy the, to order the the riding mower. Yep. And I got... a push mow situation there. Oh, hell No. So I got this beautiful Husqvarna who, uh, if you're not familiar, Husqvarna makes a lot of farm uh, or, or like lawn equipment, uh, a lot of tools. Um, they were a 16th century Swedish gun maker originally. So I like the idea of buying my my farm equipment from from an arms dealer. Um, <laughs> but Texas much. Uh, yeah, well, I know. I know. It's it's in the blood. What can I say? So. I get this Husqvarna and it has a cup holder in it. So I get my, my camo America F yeah beer koozie. I put a beer in it. I put that in the cup holder. I've got a sunshade on it. Um, and I'm just tooling around now th mind you this thing, because I got the high end one does about 40 miles an hour. Yeah. I just and imagine you out there with like an umbrella and a, and a fizzy drink. Wearing <laughs> driving your tractor around wearing your tactical flip-flops and uh, yep yep blap, blap, yeah. blap, that blap, is blap, that is blap. pretty much the picture yep so well hold on a second i think what you really need to do uh mellified is you need to get yourself a ron beer and i i posted a link in our discord under that <laughs> what you just did you, you guys, Google, go to go to YouTube and search for Ron Beer. Well, join join the Discord and see it there. But yeah, but yeah, Ginger Billy has this great video of him and his Ron Beer. Uh, it is precisely what I think of when I think of Mellified Mona's Lawn. 
Well, so <laughs> let me get to the, be the best part okay. of the story. I, I found that I really enjoyed mowing the lawn because I put my noise-canceling headphones on, right? I crank the music up on my phone, and I'm just driving around. And, like, I can see where the grass is long because I don't do it that often because I'm a lazy fucker. I'd rather play video games. And I'm just cruising along, mowing the lawn. And my wife is like, wow, you know, you, you kind of like are seeming to enjoy it. And I explained, like, this is quiet time. This is I get to listen to music, listen to podcasts, just have fun. And I can get this thing going fast enough. I can get it up on two wheels in the corners. I can, you know, it's it's fun to drive. So she gets out there and tries it. And next thing I know, I can't get a, a moment's on the mower because she's gone and mowed the lawn because she finds that she really liked it. So uh, it's funny that you say your wife won't. I can't get my wife to not mow the lawn, so she'd let me do it. Now she'll let me use the push mower or the ed, you know the line trimmer because nobody wants to do that shit. But yeah. actually use the the riding mower, forget it. You know. So you should Tom Sawyer this into a profit venture where it's like you charge the neighborhood kids like to do this tractor is so cool like five bucks an hour you can drive this tractor around my yard but you have to mow the grass while you do it oh that's spectacular pay pay me to mow my grass that's the way oh yeah. that would be and that it, would dude, be awesome that that john beer pickup truck mower is beyond epic that needs to go straight <laughs> in the show notes. Now, the, the thing that the thing that I find about this that's very interesting is it is a very tiny pickup truck, and it's got a a very short bed on it, kind of thing. But you've you've heard me talk so many times about like I drive that little Chevy Spark roller skate, and if I could just have a little mini pickup bed instead of a back seat. That would be perfect for me because it's Dude, like, hey, I got to go get like a sheet of plywood. You, you need to watch. You need to watch this video because he talks about just like you know, if I'm doing a regular zero point turn, I can't drink a beer with that. And a Ron beer, I can drink a beer and mow. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's like, he's like, if it gets a little warm, I can crank on the AC. You know, if your buddy comes yeah. over and you need to mow the lawn, there's a seat right here. He can mow the lawn with you. <laughs> just like, and this, oh this guy looks like a hillbilly Viking too. That's he great. does, yeah, because <laughs> it's like okay, so the mental image is remember techno viking that guy but bluegrass version <laughs> yes very much yes there you go that's a good way of looking at it this vi this video cracked me up i remember the first time i saw it i was like i live amongst these people now like <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm one of them uh, banjo viking <laughs> well i'll tell you what I'll, I'll point out two things one no state has uh impaired driving laws like driving under the influence if you're on private property because it's not a public road so you can drive your tractor drunk two uh this is very much like the uh meme i posted uh to you guys the other day about no no state has laws that prevent dogs from concealed carry yeah uh, yeah i remember that that, that was that was funny yes <laughs> Yeah, but, but you know it's it's like you got to find these loopholes you got to find your fun where you can because uh okay there's... so so back in my hometown we had some people maybe related to my wife that uh had lost their driver's license for dui and then drove their tractor like to the store and stuff right but he got a ticket for dui on his tractor so i i can i can provide actual legal proof that you're incorrect that in, at least in this particular county in ohio 
you could get a DUI for roller skates, man. If you're drunk and it's got wheels, you're well, done. On on pub on public roads. Yes, on I public would, roads. That would make sense. But the difference yeah. I was pointing out that if you're on private property, oh yeah, private no... property, whatever, you can drink yeah. and drive on private property. Well, right? that's what I'm saying. You drive the the lawn tractor drunk, even if it's a yeah. uh a, an old pickup truck <laughs> just don't take it down to the post office exactly yeah as soon as you touch the sidewalk you're you're fair game yeah the guys uh there was a guy who took an old lazy boy and conver- and added like a little mo- lawnmower motor to it and we drive around like a wheelchair and he got a dui coming out of the bar i remember one time with oh it oh my god did you ever see the bar stool that was a motorized bar mm-hmm. stool yeah that's just what it is same same concept absolutely thank you internet for letting me see that because i would have never if it it wasn't (laughs) for the internet like yeah these things would be rare gold but since it's the internet it's just like so common and and i feel that's probably what has destroyed humanity and western (laughs) civilization (laughs) easy access to absurdity well it's i i mean this gets a little this is i'm going to take this a little uh deeper maybe but um anything that you see looms much larger in your mind so we're we, human beings are not good with statistics so like anecdote gets weighed so much more highly than actual statistics like um let me give you an example hardware failure rates right you get the new game controller or the new phone or the new whatever and yours breaks and you're in a bitch and tell 50 people because you're upset right yeah and so that anecdote looms large in people's mind and you get these swarms of people that they reinforce each other they signal boost each other because they're like look jim had the same problem with his brand new who's he what's it that i did and it's not just me and it's and it's a problem and the you know this company should be ashamed and you get all this and it turns out the failure rate's the same three percent that we see for any other piece of electronics but it just so happened that that group of people found each other over the internet and signal boosted it to the point where it entered sort of the, the collective consciousness. Unless it's um, made by Apple and in which case <laughs> it actually is a real defect that they deny for four years. But yeah. Now maybe that's the same deal, honestly, but it's, but it seems like people have to like force Apple into an admission that there is a small percentage of broken things rather than Apple just actually fixing it and accepting that. Yeah, the shit's broke. I I think we hear about it uh, with Apple more because they have such a strong reputation. It's like Greenpeace goes after Apple, not because Apple is a bad company when it comes to environmental issues. In fact, Apple does more than almost any company to... No, but you go where it'll get the most attention. You go where agenda. you're going to get the headlines. Exactly. Right. They want they want attention, so they go after Apple. Nobody gives a shit. Everybody expects Dell's a piece of shit or HP's yeah. a piece of shit. And well, if it... they were you know, uh, building their computers with child labor, I'm not sure anybody would blink or yeah. be surprised. So Well, the... Okay, so... Microsoft, though, with the Red Ring and the 360, because Mm -hmm. that started out like, well, this is just a very small percentage of whatever. And then there isn't a person that I know that had an early 360 that didn't get a Red Ring. So that was real. Um, And then the next time that Microsoft brings out a console, right, Mm -hmm. they didn't have a Red Ring problem, but 
the amplification of that like hundredth of a percent of people that had a defective console was made you was like oh my god here we go again because the last one was real well and it so now it's bigger to me yep and the funny thing about that is um the Microsoft actually did so much more engineering to ensure they never had that problem again. Their consoles were some of the the most, you know, well cooled. Uh, have, have, have you seen an Xbox Series X opened up? It is a heatsink with a console attached. <laughs> yes. Great. Yeah. It's yes. pretty much. It is. It is a chimney, right? All the heat is forced up and out, and it and it. Uh, it is very well designed for what they're trying to do. It's pretty amazing, really. But um, anyway, I, I, you know, I find this stuff fascinating. Like it, psychology, are the way our brains work, especially as we start interconnecting everybody over the internet. Um, you know, one of the things that, like, I started my career in games doing, uh, and I loved working on Battle.net because it brought gamers together. So we could play together, so we could have fun together. And gaming, if you remember, you know, back in the 80s and and, you know, up to the mid 90s was that thing you did at home by yourself in your mom's basement. Right. Right. That was the public perception of gaming. And that, you know, <laughs> now, now, changed. Now, I'm, now I'm just in my own basement. <laughs> well, you know, you, you graduated to your own sure, basement. No, sure. I, I mean, but it's it's the it's the perception that you did it alone, that it was something right, you did yeah, in isolation yeah. or with like your one buddy who came over, um, which I still think is a, is a great time. But the idea that we can, as a, as a society, uh, be connected together to play games. And we all have, you know, experiences with our buddies in Europe, uh, friends in Asia that we've played with. Um, there's so many fun stories of people, you know, meeting each other online and getting married. Um, one of my kids plays regularly with a young lady in India and a buddy in the Netherlands. And somehow the three of them managed to find the times, you know, when they are actually all online together, despite the widest time zone sprawl possible. Um, it's just, I love it. I, I love that passion, that energy. And, you know, it does bring out the ugliness in some people. And I think we're still sort of figuring out how to deal with that but that's part of what other world's gg is about is the gg is good game right it's all about hey let's do this stuff together let's have fun together let's bring everyone uh yeah. together that's i don't know well, i love I think, it i think the thing about gaming and just the internet in general right because it used to be like uh before the internet it was like well to know somebody in a foreign country you know you had to be a pen pal so Mm -hmm. we'd like get on a list and you get some random person assigned to you and then you have like letter exchange physically through the post office um but now you know and and back then right it was cold war so it's like we didn't know what the russians were so the, the russians all had like horns on their head like the devil and mm-hmm. uh, cloven hooves and and they weren't human and whatever and now we find out with the internet that wow they are just like us they laugh at the same jokes in fact they make some damn good memes 
Um, we just well, the language barrier, and so. and for the longest time too, they were the ones making some of the best space games out there too. Like we've we've the only know. space games out there. Right. Yeah. 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 So it was it was uh, but but it's the thing of of like you lose that uh, ability to vilify the quotes the other right because mm-hmm. it's it's like hey we we want to have hostilities we have to declare these people as other so that they're dehumanized and then we can bomb them well it's like okay well you know i game with a guy that's in whatever third world country so <laughs> i think that we probably shouldn't bomb them because they actually are decent people i know these people now yeah and, and, and for what it's worth we got you know international people here in, in our in our community now too um so that's pretty cool yeah, some of them I could probably bomb though. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Dex specifically. Oh, love you, Dex. Love you, Dex. Yes. Uh, well, and and I think to that point, like I I take it back to primate psychology, right? Our troop, yeah, uh, living in the trees. You know, yeah, it's our little tribe, and and we've we being very intelligent creatures are able to adapt our mental model of what a tribe is to a lot of different things. And we can be members of different tribes simultaneously. You mean like a gaming community? Absolutely. And so that we're indulging our monkiness by being in the community. (laughs) It's an outlet. So choose gaming, not violence. Yes, absolutely. Beat your children. Because you were talking about beating your kids in a game the other night. And I was just like, I was. well, that's probably the only place you can legally still beat your kids, <laughs> even in Texas. Yeah, well, I, I'm not sure about that in Texas. But anyway, uh, no, I mean, absolutely. I, I, But it's also about the social connection, right? We all are social creatures. Primates are social uh, by nature. And we need that connection. We need that sense of belonging. Um I, I ranted uh, a few shows ago about one of the things I was mad. One of the reasons why I think Blizzard has, you know, d- gone into a steep decline in the last several years is they stopped hiring only gamers because that was the common identity that bound everybody at the company together. And I think ultimately what I'm excited about thinking about games today is that we have so many different options that people can find the thing that they're excited about that they're passionate about whether that's running a virtual farm in farming simulator Mm -hmm. or competing against other people to you know do farming esports like good on them have fun with it yeah well that's not my thing thing. that i look at power of games is that i have no knowledge of farming whatsoever but mm-hmm. I can explain to you what a windrower is for, or yeah, windrower is for, and how you make silage and why silage is important to cows. And I find myself like after playing Farm Simulator for like ten hours, then I'm actually looking up actual movies on YouTube of how does this baler actually work in the <laughs> real world, right? The like a silage wrapping continuous baler thing that that, dude they're incredible like the machinery that humanity has made to just do mundane things is is just beyond like if you look at one of these things it's just a farm thing and it's just like that's some star trek shit that these guys are just dragging around behind a tractor 
that, you know, yeah. And it allows one person to do the job that it used to take 50 people to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so, uh, but I learned from it. Right. And, and education, and it, it doesn't have to give me a detailed education. Like I'm a pro at this, but I have an exposure education, right? I have an awareness of this and I have now a respect for a thing that I didn't know enough to respect before. And now I can look at some farmer in his field and just be like, that guy is actually quite the technologist because of all the things that he has to deal with. And as far as entrepreneurialism to, to know, like, when do I do this on the farm? Like, how do these systems interoperate? You know, like Mm -hmm. it's, it's not just like pig shit magically becomes, (laughs) you know, whatever it's, it's just like, well, you have to do all these things and there's a timing to it. And if you screw the timing and the order up, you go the hell out of business because you know, your farm falls apart. So that's, it's, it's a hell of a job, you know? And, and it's kind of like, I I look at Joan and I'm like, Hey, maybe we should get a farm. This is kind of fun, you know, but then to actually get her out there riding the tractor in the yard. Well, I know this won't happen. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, as somebody, as somebody who uh, push mowed lawned their entire lawn today, uh, this is, it's not a small section of land. Yeah. Are Uh, you, are you kind of like, getting triggered by all the tractor talk because no 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 no, no. It, you're it's marginalized what, push mower guy what, what i what i'm trying to say is i'm gonna get a riding lawnmower now i might my i might get myself a ron beer is what i might get uh, <laughs> <hell> yeah <laughs> i i think like there is this fascination though to your point jim with doing something that you would never want to do in real life in the virtual world um i we talked uh, at one point, I think on the show, or maybe it was just uh, Table for Two and I chatting uh, about the Japanese uh, commuter train simulators. Yeah, that go back to like the original Game Boy, and they sold the the in the controller that's just basically a speed lever, and you have to like stop and start the train and push a button to open the doors. And yet that is one of the most enduring franchises in Japan because people, you know, are fascinated by like driving the commuter train. Right. Because everybody actually interacts with that damn thing every day. Yeah. Just don't actually get to drive it. So when you're a passenger, you're like, I wonder what it's like to drive this. Now you can know. Yeah. An American truck driving simulator and European truck driving simulator. Another like example of those weird kind of niche, but but still very popular uh, games that we see. And I remember people being so excited that, uh, the truck simulator games had VR support so they could like look over and check their mirror as they're driving the, the, the big rig, you know, down the highway. Like, so I, I feel like there needs to be more games that actually teach things to people. Right. Mm -hmm. Like what, what if there was, a video game that I could play and it's fun to play. And inadvertently I acquired job skills that makes me employable Mm -hmm. along the way. Then, Hey, you know, like this, this actually was a thing. What if, what if we could turn school into a form of play instead of school sucking? 
you know what that makes me like, you know what that makes me think of it makes me think of ready player one where they talk about how yep. like they go to school in like the vr world essentially yep. like that's t- i was, I was yeah. just thinking that Absolutely. it's like we can we can learn physics by playing bridge construction simulator together as a group right well i mean the there, mathematics that is there, going on behind the scenes there is something to be said for that though and I think I think it I think it's something that is worth exploring when you because when you engage and it's been proven too I don't have the science in front of me or the links to it I apologize but it has it has been proven though that you learn more by engaging more of your senses involved in the activity right instead of yep. just hearing the thing or like regurgitating the thing now you're interactively involved with the thing and your memory is going to remember that more because there's more points of contact with your senses to pick up on that. Um, yeah, so in the Assassin's Creed games, and with, <laughs> oh boy. With, the, with the one in Egypt specifically, those crazy bastards did it, right? Yep. And I was so proud of them because they use the in-game assets, and then you go into like free play mode, and you can teleport to anywhere in the world and get a guided tour. Like, I want to walk through this pyramid, and you get a tour through the pyramid where you get to listen to somebody, you know, actually narrate the experience. Like this is it, but it's not just the fascinating pyramid stuff. If you go down to the beach where there's a guy like beating reeds into papyrus, then you'll get a lesson on papyrus making, but you're actually watching the process happen. Right. Well, and and you're controlling. This was very labor intensive. I was sorry. I was just adding like, you're also controlling your character and you can choose to like, walk away in the middle of it if papyrus making wasn't as interesting as you hoped right you know or whatever like you have control you have agency in that yeah it reminds me of the field trips that i used to take as a kid that still Mm -hmm. stick with me where we would go to like colonial ohio settlements right that they had historically preserved and then they would have like period actors that were educators Mm -hmm. that would be in costume you know, it's like, here's how we made candles back in the day with actual beeswax and things. And we're making yep. them here. Also, buy one in the gift shop on the way out. Right, <laughs> right yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say that. But it's like, you know, do you want to see how muskets are made? Here's a guy actually, like, turning a musket on a lathe. You know, this is, you know, how, how lo- low-tech did we make hollow pipes that were barrels for these things? Well, we made a metal rod, and then we had to drill that shit out, and here's how it was actually done without power tools, you know? Yep. And, and I just, I that stuff stuck with me, you know, like how life for humanity had to super suck back then. <laughs> but Well, it, it was much know. more labor-intensive to do anything. Yeah, and everything had inherently much more value because it was yeah. labor intensive. So it, it wasn't just like, oh, I can just go get 10 of those at the store. It was like, no, no, th- this guy has to make it and I have to wait while he makes it. And if I break it, then that's bad because now I got to get in line to get another one. So, mm-hmm. right. So you, you treated things with some respect and you maintained well, things and whatever. You but, actually repaired things, which yes. we almost never do. Right. right. Like, and in fact, back to tractors, right to repair where you license the software that's in the tractor. So you're not allowed to actually repair your tractor. You have to take it to a licensed technician. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard all that mess, but that's, that's the current fight with farmers is the right to repair and modify their equipment. It's like, I paid $200,000 for this tractor. I should be able to do whatever the hell I want with it. 
oh, you're not allowed because you just license the uh, ability to drive the tractor. It's like software license yeah. things, right? You know, it's like you don't actually own that game. You just have a license to play it. Um, but but anyway, so the Assassin's Creed game did that, right? And now I feel like we're in the age of VR, okay? And if you want to teach people historical stuff, right, like uh, whenever the Declaration of Independence got signed, right, I could put on a VR helmet and be in the room with the people. I could interact. Like I could I could walk up and, and talk to Alexander Hamilton and just be like, tell me your life history. And then that character could look at me and just be like, well, I grew up on a farm here. And then, you know, and, and just as long as I want to listen, he'll tell me, you know, his autobiography or, or whatever they want to put in there. But it's a, it's a thing where it takes it from the experience of, I read it in a book to actually, I stood in front of the virtual person and had an interaction with them. And that will then stick in my memory much more so than if I had just read it in a book kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and you get an understanding of what was really going on. Like you could read a book about World War II and, you know, that's one thing. And then you see a movie about World War II and then you kind of understand, ooh, this was this was a pretty intense, bad experience, right? But to actually then play a game that is set in World War II that isn't just like a Rambo thing where, you know, but it's mm -hmm. actually like, oh, one bullet, you're, you're you pretty know, much for, out of the fight. For for what it's worth, the original Call of Duty, the first Call of Duty kind of like, was like, whoa. <laughs> I, yeah. I do yeah, remember that. Landing, landing on Normandy in Saving Private Ryan was intense. Doing it in a video in a good video game, I forget which of the Call of Duties had it, but yeah, I remember. I think it was, it being, think it was two. I think it was two. That yeah, did. that was that was like just mind blowing. To yeah, me. you get a respect for how dead you would have been <laughs> and how <laughs> yes. terrifying this would be if I if I can't respawn. This is freaking terrifying. Like I just watched ten people get mowed down in front of me, and now yep. they they yell at me like, "Okay, next wave." Oh, that's do, me. Oh, crap. Yeah, do, am I coming out from behind this barrier? I don't <laughs> think so. Right. Yeah. So. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it, it gives um, it gives a thought to that notion of like my life is very special to me. And mm -hmm. do I want to just throw it away as part of a machine of waves of people that are about to die here? Or, well, and, and it had to be done, right? It wasn't yeah. a waste. Like some of the World War or uh, Civil War generals, right, had no friggin' clue what they were doing apparently, and just threw waves of waves of waves of men at the at the uh, into the into the bad positions and got them all killed. But like the the D Day landings at Normandy, it had to be done. There was no other way that yeah. they had to do it. So. You know the sacrifice that those people made is is you know puts me in awe. Um, yeah. So I wanted to go back to what you're talking about with the Assassin's Creed games, though, and just mention that um, they actually started offering it as a standalone product. Yep. So there is an Egypt discovery mode uh, or discovery tour. I think is the standalone product. Yeah, it's um, cheap. It's like ten bucks. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. Game. But and super and they worth did it. it. Yeah, well, they did it for Odyssey too. 
so the Greek, if you want to do uh, Peloponnesian era Greece, um, that which is where Odyssey was set, you can do the same thing with that, and they added that discovery tour to oh, it. Oh, cool. Yeah, because so. it's it's just like for history things, right? It's it's mm -hmm. so different to actually be like feet on the ground in the place in the state yes. that it was rather than like you could go on a tour of Egypt and they could point at like an empty piece <laughs> of sand and they could be, well, over here was this, or yeah. it could be in VR and actually be watching the people doing Build the it. thing that used to be there. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. Um, I just well, don't understand why that hasn't been more embraced by education. I, I feel like there, well, there needs to be like a whole gaming thing that is educational games that aren't like Freddy Fractions or whatever, right? Because that's kind of where it, it died at. It was just like, oh, here's like Fraction Frog thing, right? We, well, I, I could do a whole episode just talking about... Uh, education and the problems with public education. I, I am have a pretty strong belief around it. Um, to be clear, like my kids don't go to any school. Yeah. Well, you could they, have in the game. You could have like in the options screen. It's parental filters. Like yep. turn off creationism. Click ah! and. <laughs> oh boy. Well, no, but like we we do. You know, I have my youngest son is obsessed with military things and learning like he watches world war ii documentaries off of netflix and things like that on his own like no prompting um but like he loves getting into games like call of duty and i appreciate that activision has things like a profanity filter and a gore filter right to to tone it down a little bit so that he can still get in there and enjoy uh some of that history that I remember impacting me so profoundly uh, because he's actually learning quite a bit. We've had, you know, conversations about um, a number of different aspects of world war two and, and why things happened um, and, and how they happened and what led to those things. And so I, I really, you know, think it, it to your point can work really, really well. It's just that I don't think that, public schools are ever going to get there because they don't have the money. The teachers don't have any understanding of the technology typically. Um, so they can't facilitate. And so you just end up with, you know, a, a giant mess, unfortunately. Well, we went down a, a nice little rabbit hole there with some of that stuff. Um, but I, I, to to all your all's points, I do think you know more interactive type education is is good, um, and I think there's points to be made about public schools as well as homeschooling. I mean, it's a debate that my wife and I have had about whether or not we want to homeschool the future children that we have because we want to start a family as well. And I definitely see the ups and downs of it because you know a lot of times people kind of treat the school system as like a daycare instead of an actually like you want your children to get a. a an actual education on things that are important, you know, I mean, so there's, there's a lot that can, we could go into in that, but I think it would be kind of cool to see more interactive style VR type things or anything like that. I think is always going to be beneficial when you engage more of the senses involved in, in learning, but yeah. And it doesn't even need to be the, the official curriculum of the school. Sure. If I'm a yeah, parent yeah, yeah. and that stuff is available and I can pay 50 bucks, for my, you know, like if if you pay fifty bucks to get a Udemy course, 
or I pay 50 bucks to get the virtual tour of mm-hmm. whatever, right? Yeah. Go go land on the moon with John Glenn. Have fun. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's like whenever you take a tech class and then it's like, do you learn more from the lecture, which you could have read in the book, or do you learn from the labs that you right. have an instructor there to ask questions? Right. So VR things can be like a lab experience of history. Yep. Sure. Whatever. So sure. Or cool actual lab thing like, hey, let's do chemistry. Here's here's like chemistry. Set here's simulator. what here's here's what not to do. Yeah. 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 You can blow well, yourself up and respond. But you can do it in a safe way. Right. Like that's that's part of the part of the appeal for sure. And we're, we're like VR. I think we could do a whole episode on the future of VR. But um, what we're seeing is companies starting to embrace it. Jim, you were talking about the virtual conference you attended in VR recently. And, you know, that technology space is set to explode given so many more people are working remote. Um, you know, a lot of companies are working on things like facial mapping so they can actually show facial expressions in VR while you're interacting with other people to make it more, more realistic, which I think will uh, really make it practical for, for things like business meetings. Right. Well, very cool yeah. guys. We've, um, I, just, I, I, I don't know. It's like, it's like the ability to simulate shit in VR. Like I was saying about the virtual chemistry set thing. Mm-hmm. It's very real because how much does it cost to run a lab right and and whatever and then you have to like trust these kids to work with whatever but if you had a vr experience that is actually like a virtual chemistry lab and the things are programmed so that if i combine these things together you know first off it would teach me like how do you actually measure things you know like you'd have a virtual scale or like flasks that have you know gradient whatever um but it could teach technique as well Right. Mm -hmm. Or if if uh, like I went to college for electronics. Right. And there are plenty of electronic simulator things, but there's nothing that is like the old Radio Shack kits that you used to be able to get where it was like a lab for kids or adults. Right. Where it's like, here's how to build a motor. You know, it was like 50 different projects in a box. Right. Build a motor, hook it up to some LEDs, and then we're going to build a counter. And then we do. And it, and it gives you like a breadboard and some wires and all the parts to put the thing together kind of deal. They don't have that shit anymore. And you could do it in VR and, mm. and it would be great. Right. Um, I don't know that that's I, I could, again, go on all day, but I'll I'll let it go. But, yeah, <laughs> all these things. Well, and I and I, I think those things do exist. They're just they've gone to the private uh the private market because there's no appetite for it yeah um, nintendo's labo could have been a lot more things than it was mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. yeah well this has been quite an interesting show we definitely covered quite a few things we started off with kind of the the state of of uh, other worlds and how things are going with that and we've definitely covered state a lot of, of ground lawnmower. and uh state lawnmower of the lawnmower technology. that's right <laughs> yeah esports uh you know vr all those things it's been it's been good i'm really glad we gotta hang out and chat and uh, engage the audience there so 
um, engagement challenge for you guys, though, head on over to our Discord, uh, discord.otherworlds.gg. We'll get you there. Be sure when you're there to click on the little uh, emoji to give yourself a member access. It's a little controller emoji in the lobby channel. And you'll open yourself up to be a member for the whole server. And there's other roles that you can get to in the Get a Role channel. Uh, we are running a giveaway. So we get ourselves up to 100 members. We will do this $100 giveaway. Uh, four $25 gift cards, one a week for four weeks. And uh, so if you want to see that uh, Ron Beer uh, video, we've got it posted here in our Discord. And uh, there's more discussions, more things happening over there. So looking forward to seeing you guys over there. Uh, this has been episode number 21, and we'll see you guys next time. We should give away a Ron Yeehaw. Beer mower. A Ron ah, Beer yeah. mower? And we all right. need one first, and then we can give one away. All right. Well, signing off. All right, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna start it off, and we're just gonna be like you know the the well, state state of the union otherworlds GG. <laughs> Welcome to Sorry, the otherworld, dealing... you motherfucker. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna shut up. Go ahead and start. I'm gonna Are you be sure? For a minute. I'm gonna Are be on sure? mute for a minute because kitten's asking me something, and he needs That's help. That's fine. So. That's all good. That's all good.